Getting split Getting ready. Split Getting ready. split ready. Getting split ready. For my wife, God rest her soul. Oh God, I'm so sorry. No, 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 she's not dead. <laughs> We're just divorced. Unscripted and honest discussions on divorce and separation. Getting split ready. What was I supposed to tell him? I divorced you from the show? Here's your hosts, Doug Katz and Mariah Pleasant. Tonight with us we have Patrick Markey of Law Office of Patrick Markey, Chicago Kent College of Law graduate, graduate of Minnesota, and Brian Wilson, graduate of DePaul University and University of Illinois, principal at Cogan Wilson. Split Ready is brought to you by the Split Ready Divorce Assessment. You don't know where you're going if you don't know where you are, and the Split Ready Assessment allows you to evaluate yourself in five critical aspects of divorce preparedness. Go to www.splitready.com and take the Split Ready Assessment today. Now, wanted to talk a little bit also tonight about divorce versus separation. I always read divorce, the divorce month is January. January is like the big month that people have held off and they're getting divorced, but divorce might not be the right way. At Split Ready, we espouse like going the right path. Talk a little bit about the difference between divorce and separation. I mean, are you talking about like legal separation or just kind of like separating and hanging out but still married for a while no legal separation it's a question that i get a lot in i think often it uh is in relation to health insurance i think that's the reason i get that question the most often is can we be legally separated yeah so, oh. I, I mean i think i think it only works in very unique circumstances and it, it usually is health insurance related i mean because there's potentially a lot of liability that's attached to it because you're technically still together. Like what? So for example, um, like if your spouse is in a car crash, right? And you're still married. And so like a legal separation doesn't necessarily fix a lot of those things. Legal separation in theory, like the statute, it's a very narrow statute where arguably if you don't place your assets and liabilities before the judge, before the court, like the court doesn't necessarily gain jurisdiction over them. They can only stop certain things. Um, I, I just don't necessarily think that it's always the best circumstance. I usually only recommend it to people when you have somebody who's like really ill and won't be able to afford it afterwards or they're elderly and it's, again, there might be some insurance reasons there. I don't know if you've so, had a different experience. Um, I've only done like three in my whole career. That's how rare it is. I mean, I've done over a thousand divorces. One time it was for religious reasons. They didn't want to okay. be divorced. Um, I'm not 100% sure my wife works for an insurance company. I don't think you can be legally separated and stay on somebody's insurance. I think they, it depends. They treat that as divorce. It depends on the plan, mm -hmm. but a lot of them, they've, they're wise to it now, and they see it as kind of a pseudo-divorce, so they're saying no. Um, but, yeah, I mean, and most people, when they find out that it's, really almost the same thing as divorce. They're like, well, I might as well just get divorced. But like almost the, the <laughs> benefits of it don't necessarily outweigh the potential consequences because if you get legally separated and then later you decide you want to be divorced, then you still have to get a divorce. So because it's, it doesn't- So if someone's going through, through a separation, what they think is a legal separation is probably just a trial separation or, or pre-divorce. So there's a separation requirement. It's technically six months, which doesn't really get enforced. So I think people just live separate and apart, and we're gonna. They, they say we're gonna see if we want to not be married or not, or get divorced. So that that's one way that they use the term. And then the other term is actual judicial order, 
where you're still married, you're still acquiring all the rights that a married person gets. All the debt, all the, all debt. the assets, all the income. And really it's just, um, unless, you've, unless you've put it into an order, like we, we agree to keep our assets separate and no maintenance, but that's really exactly what a divorce is. It's just, when I do a legal separation, I really just change the, the title. There's really no difference. It's just th- a, you can you can do it more a la carte. So. I think one of the thoughts behind it that I've gotten from people is that they think that that kind of stops the clock for mm-hmm. 401ks or for debts, like whatever accrues after the legal separation date is individually owned versus still marital property. And I think that's one of the... Only if you enter that into a court order. And so that's like, like Patrick's saying, you're basically negotiating a divorce at that time. So if you enter it into a court order then yes. But if you don't place those issues before the court, my, my, I haven't read the legal separation statute in a while just because I agree with Patrick. I've done, you know, a thousand divorces and maybe two of these. And one was for like an 85-year-old couple. Um, but it, unless you place them there, I don't think the court has jurisdiction, which means they can't do anything. So you can enter an order statement where legal is separated. But again, you, all of that still continues to accrue. Enough. Another big point here is a lot of people just say, I want to get divorced. I don't want to deal with any of that other stuff. I just want to be divorced. I said, well, in Illinois, you have to deal with all that other stuff like property, support. If you have kids, you can't get divorced without having an agreement on 100% of that stuff. But in other states, I I learned in North Carolina because I had someone from there, you can actually get divorced in North Carolina and not deal with the financial stuff. Really? You can just apply and if they don't contest it's just you're divorced and you don't deal with any of the financial and now if you own joint property you still have issues you're gonna have to figure that out but that's an interesting disaster yeah no i mean you still have to work out things but let's say you didn't own any property together and you don't want to deal with even like identifying the assets or support you just want to be divorced and not married you can do that in north carolina i mean maybe it's something for illinois to consider doing making it a little easier for some people to get divorced and not have to deal with disclosing your property and figuring out who gets what and putting that listing that all that stuff down which some people don't want to do some counties i think that have that streamlined or that simplified though that's um, for people with really no income right you have to make less than fifty thousand combined you have to have no real estate and i mean you, you don't even have a lawyer in that situation. I haven't seen many of those. Or those people are going pro se, but it, it's a very limited amount of people. Do you, even though a, a separation, that's not a legal separation, there's no legal component to it, do you recommend people come up with some type of agreement during that so that it's kind of like what their divorce would be like? Well, they have to when they have kids. So if you separate and one person lives and... Highland Park and one lives in Chicago and you have kids, you have to immediately come up with how are we sharing the kids? So they, you immediately have to, and you immediately have to figure out how are we paying bills? How are we sharing money? So a lot of things, when people actually live separate and apart, a lot of those issues hit them very quickly. Yeah, I agree. I think it like, you have to be careful with that because when you do and you separate like that, you've now created like a new status quo for your situation, right? So like if people separate with kids, like Patrick's describing, and you work out a parenting schedule and it's 
going fine, but one person's suddenly not happy with it, that's too bad, really, because if it's been going on for six months or seven months, like that's the new status quo. That's the new kid's life. So like these trial separations can have a serious impact on people if they're not prepared to, to see what it might look like long term. I mean, and also like it, it's almost like going back to the collaborative and litigation discussion. Like it takes a special kind of people to have a trial separation, lay down rules about paying bills, when they're going to see the kids and then follow those rules and not use certain things to kind of mess with the other person because there's no orders to protect anybody. There's nothing in place that could stop, you know, somebody from cutting off all the money or not bringing the kids down on Friday. And so, you know, people have to trust each other to make that work. And if things go wrong, it's not divorce doesn't have a lot of quick fix. Like Cook County is slow. It, there's not many emergencies that you can file and jump in to suddenly pay the mortgage. Like they, the, our courts don't care about things like that. Like they care about things involving the kids. Mm -hmm. They care about things that are impacting their safety. But if you're cut off from money, a lot of our judges are like, go borrow it from your mom and like come back in six weeks and we'll deal with it then. So like you have to be, you almost have to be prepared that, you know, it's going to fail in those methods. And I know that sounds like terrible, but it, a lot of times it's like you're, you, when people come and ask me about that, it's like, I got to tell you, make sure that if tomorrow you suddenly are cut off from his income or her income, or you don't have access to the kids, like what's your plan? Like you almost have to prepare for the worst in those situations. And if you end up, so let's say you come up with an agreement for a trial separation, you're implementing it for six months and shit hits the fan. And now you're in a contentious divorce. Does that original separation agreement kind of indicate or dictate where you're going to end up in the divorce? If you agree to it once, you're going to agree to it again type of thing or set sort of it's expectations? A, yeah. I mean, the, the beginning of a case when you're with kids, when you're separating is critical. I mean, I, I won a custody trial just solely fact that the dad had possession of the child when we filed the divorce. And the case, it was a two-year case, and the mom filed an emergency motion in the beginning saying, I want the kid back. And the judge said, where was the child living when the case was filed? With dad. Okay, well, I'm going to temporarily keep with dad. Two years later, we were in a trial in front of a different judge. And she said, where's the child been living the last two years? And I said, well, with my client. She's like, well, I'm just going to keep that going. And then we actually did a trial for over two days. Guess what the judge did? She kept the status quo that they set before they even met a lawyer. So that's how critical those first couple days even of a separation can, I mean, I literally won a custody trial just because of that. I think so. though what you're saying, like if you have an agreement and you're, and you're working out, it's the court doesn't have to follow it. There's like a provision that says, you know, any agreement that the, the parties, you know, follow, but they can also throw it out the, the window too. Mm -hmm. And the issue becomes is if people came up with something and is beneficial to somebody else and detrimental to the other party, like people are now anchored in poor positions, right? And from a bargaining standpoint, if they're anchored in poor positions, then it gets harder to move them together, right? right? And so that almost inevitably leads to more fighting because you started in a place that was not equitable to both people. One person was clearly on top. And now when you're going to court and the person that was on top is finding out they're getting less, they're not going to agree. Right. And so now you end up fighting to get back to where you could have been if you hadn't, you know, if you would have chatted with somebody and found out like, what's a real range here. I think for people who are thinking about divorce, what you said about where was the child living when you filed is going to 
raise some thought processes and some alarms. How important is it for people when they're thinking about this to to strategize in that way? Very important. Very important. Like I, mean, I tell people, do not unless obviously if there's like domestic violence issues, like I tell people, never move out without a parenting agreement. Like it because as soon as you move out, like you've lost control. And but obviously, how can that be? Is just the agreement signed by both parties enforceable enough that way? Yes. Okay. But like if you don't have a, or a parenting schedule worked out because as soon as you move out, like you've lost control of the kids. and So people should really look at separation as divorce light. They might not go through with it, but they're setting the whole precedent for how everything's going to go forward. Yes. Right. When you say parenting schedule, does that mean worked out and filed with the attorneys? If you have it on a Google calendar, does that count? That counts. Just if you can show the judge, this is what we've been doing for the last month, two months, three months. Here's the calendar. Yes, you can make up a Google calendar, but most people don't. Right. Uh, and the court's just going to... Um, most people are not that savvy. Right. And and they're, I mean, if, if you went to the work of having a calendar, and I mean, most people aren't going to lie and say, no, that that calendar is inaccurate. I didn't do it that way. Okay. Um, but there, there there is an issue of fact, I mean, sometimes... So if somebody comes in to either one of you and is saying, hey, I'm probably going to get divorced, you know, maybe they're two people together and they're like, but we want to try something out. Can you help them draft a plan? And like, what, how would that, would that cost them? Like, you know, how much, what would it cost to do a trial divorce, I guess? And do you ever I do mean, anything that's like, like the that? That's the million dollar question, right? I think it, <laughs> it all depends on are people on the same page, right? If you're on the same page, divorce is easy. Right? No, I don't mean the the actual even a trial separation okay. is easy, right? It's a, it's it's almost the same negotiation aspects, right? Like we can give them ideas on how to implement things, but if they're not if their goals don't align, whether it's with kids or with money, then it's harder and it costs more. If it's hey, you know, we want to have the kids 50-50, but we just don't know what schedules work and I've googled around on the internet and there's so many options, what do you see for success? That's much easier. We can say here's what works, here's what doesn't Got work, it. right? But you can help people in that in that pre-divorce stage do that that kind of thing because I think people feel a finality when they're talking to an attorney. It's like, okay, now I'm sort of past that Rubicon and now I'm getting divorced because I'm talking to an attorney. Yeah. Go ahead, well, I mean, I think, yeah, in the consultation, if it's relevant, we, we talk about what, what it might – I mean, if they both – they might already be separated. You never, they, you never know how they come to you. They could have been separated the last two years, and they're doing right. a certain schedule. And at that point, I'm like, well, you've kind of set that precedent. It's kind of hard to change. But if they're, yeah, if they're looking, we we do strategize those things. What what works? They may have their certain ideas. Like I want to do one day on, one day off, and like that's an example of something that usually doesn't work. And I usually encourage people to try it. Like, try. You don't know what's if you don't know what's going to work for you. If you haven't come in with a pretty good plan and you've like this is what's going to work try it try it for a month see if it works but i think that also can set people up for vulnerabilities by what you're saying right so if they've been doing it for a month and one says it's not working and one says it is is that i mean it causes problems right because yeah. that's like going back to what i was saying before like who's right and who's enjoying it and what is it really working and if they can't agree on that right and where do we go from here now, if if president has been set by, you know, again, like that example you gave two years, but then they both agree and say, we didn't have an agreement, but we had precedent and we want to change that and we both agree to it. Does that negate the two years of precedent? Oh, if, if they agree to things, then okay. you can make whatever order you want. 
this is just two people. She wanted the child to live more with her. Got it. And um, that was it. Generally, judges, if you agree to something, judges are going to stamp it unless it's clearly egregious, right? If it's in the range of what a normal person would do, doesn't seem like there's any red flags in the agreement, and two people walk up there and say, this is what we want, they say, great, good luck. I mean, I did a nesting, I did a divorce today, this morning, and they did a nesting agreement, which means that they, they share, the kids live in the residence where they lived, and the parents come in and out. That's very rare to see something like that, and it doesn't work for most people, but they did it, and the judge, she even said it on the record, she's like, this is very uncommon, but I'm going to do it, and hope, good luck to you guys. I think it requires a certain level of financial yeah, uh, I once had a deal. I was well. working somebody through that, and I was like, yeah. well, you know, instead of you getting a condo, you should try this nesting thing. It was like a big deal, and I ended up losing it, but I felt really good about the outcome. <laughs> that would be good for a TV show, a sitcom, the whole nesting, nesting uh, thing. If they What's wanted- funny about nesting mm-hmm. is that we expect children to go back and forth to different houses every weekend, every two days, right? Mm-hmm. And they're like, they'll adapt. They'll be fine. But as soon as you put adults in that situation and make them come in and out of house and change houses every three to four days, it's chaos and it never works. So maybe it works in this one, right? But uh, it almost never works. And That's they why always you'll never see it in fights. the movies, right? Because it, it worked. That's why it'd be funny in a sitcom, though. Yes. It would be because some of my funniest stories are when we have a lot of times you'll have nesting before a divorce is finalized because mm-hmm. you're still working things out. So, like, some of the most outrageous conflicts come from nesting schedules. Like, I've had one where they, it was years ago where they had to, um, they were stealing each other's food like roommates. <laughs> so they had to write their names on things within the list. And like one person was was really angry. So like stole all the silverware one time when it was like their day. And so the person came back to like make dinner for the kids and there was like no pots and pans and silverware. So it's like outrageous things like that happening because people like try and poke them or they won't do the dishes or they took the dogs one time and <laughs> all sorts of crazy things like that. Well, in this one, the wife actually traveled a lot for work, so I think that's mm. how she figured it out that I want to have 50-50 time with my kids, and one way to do it is to, you know, because I'm gone all the time. So that every case is unique, and they, so it worked in that case. Yeah, because it's I financially to... challenging to have the house that is the nesting house. Mm-hmm. Then where do the parents go when they're not there? Do they share an apartment separately too? Are they in shared spaces all the time? I've seen that. Yeah. Um, do they operate with three households? Then that can be really expensive. So mm-hmm. yeah. No. So it sounds like a lot of people really misunderstand what separation really means and what what um, measures they should be taking to protect their self interest. Correct. Yes. You've been listening to Getting Split Ready, casual but pointed discussions on divorce and separation thank you for joining us and listening to our podcast if you or someone that you know is considering or going through a divorce please go to splitready.com take the assessment find out if you are indeed split ready and remember that you can get through your divorce with your finances integrity and possibly your sanity intact before we sign off though i did want to thank our guests again patrick markey from the law offices of patrick markey pat if people want to get hold of you what's the best way to get hold of you um, it's uh, markylaw.com is my website. You can call me or email me from that website. All contact information. And we'll Correct. have your contact information on the rebroadcast. And Brian Wilson from Kogut and Wilson LLC. Thanks again for being on the show. Brian, if they want to get hold of you. I mean, we're the same. Uh, you can go to our website and find an email there if you, if you feel more comfortable emailing, or you can always call us. Our phone number is 312-565-4100. 
thanks so much for helping out our listeners and hoping everybody can get split ready. And if you are thinking about divorce, please visit splitready.com and take our free assessment. You can come through your divorce with your finances, your integrity, and your sanity intact. Be informed, ask questions, and be split ready.